The new week starts with little appetite as rising interest rate hike bets from major central banks weigh on stock and bond valuations. The US dollar is up and everything else is down. So welcome to the new week with Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. Well, the week starts on a cautious note as rate hike expectations are now sitting at the center stage and they intensify the sell-off that we see in stock and bond markets while pushing the US dollar higher against most majors out there. And while Friday's PC data from the US was bad, I mean, we knew, we knew from the earlier releases that inflation in the US wouldn't slow as much as expected by analysts. But Friday's PC data showed that not only the US inflation didn't slow in January, but headline inflation ticked higher to 5.4% from 5.3% printed a month earlier, and core inflation ticked higher to 4.7% from 4.6% printed a month earlier. So the PCE data was worse than the CPI data revealed a couple of weeks ago because, well, a slower than expected easing in inflation figures is one thing, but a rebound in inflation is obviously another thing and the letter is much less cool for the Federal Reserve and for the Fed expectations I'm telling you because a rebound in inflation is exactly the worst nightmare for the Federal Reserve and if the PC drama of Friday was not enough for you well personal spending in the US surged 1.8 percent in January that was the strongest burst since March 2021 and the University of Michigan's consumer sentiment index hit a 13-month high this month. Uh, well, it's still much lower than the pre-pandemic levels, yes, but it also means that it has ways to recover. So the tight jobs data in the US, the strong spending and improved sentiment may sound nice to you, but it sounds horrendous to the Federal Reserve and its members. And plus a new study that was presented at a conference in New York on Friday now suggests that the Federal Reserve should actually maybe hiked interest rates all the way up to six and a half percent to win its battle against inflation in the US. So that's also adding further fuel to fire. So as a result, the US two-year yield is now pushing above uh, the 4.80 percent mark, while the US 10-year yield is flirting with the 4 percent mark. Activity on Fed funds futures now assesses just a little less than 30 percent probability for a 50 basis point hike at the FOMC's next meeting in March. And this probability is up from below 10% at the start of this month before the first CPI data. The S&P 500 slipped below the 50-day moving average on Friday. That stands at 39.80 level. Tested the 200-day moving average to the downside. That stands near 39.40 level. And closed what was the worst trading week since the start of this year. Well, 2.7% down and below the 4,000 psychological mark. Nasdaq 100, on the other hand, pulled out the major 38.2% Fibonacci support on the latest rally, tested its own 200-day moving average to the downside, and closed last week in the bearish consolidation zone and well below the 12,000 psychological mark. And well, all indicators out there point at a deeper sell-off in equities as long as the higher Fed rate discussions remain heated. So it looks like we 
we will see a pause in the downside correction of the US dollar as well. The US dollar index is now clearly headed higher. Now, from a technical perspective, we don't yet talk about a bullish reversal, but it is obviously approaching. Uh, looking at the daily euro dollar chart, for example, it is now quite obvious that a further fall to and below the 105 level is just a matter of time. And well, the last support to the September to February rally in the euro dollar stands near the 104.70 level. If cleared, will send the pair into the medium term bearish consolidation zone with obviously prospects of further fall toward the 102, 103 range. And it's bad. I mean, it's really, really bad because a softer euro will then make the energy imports from Europeans more expensive yet again, and that will spur the European Central Bank rate hike expectations. But the ECB hawks are obviously powerless when the Fed hawks are still actively driving the market pricing. So your hawkish European Central Bank expectations will certainly not do much to tame the strong USD-led inflation in Europe, but a more aggressive policy rate response from the ECB would be bad for the European businesses and weigh on the European stocks and their valuations, and even more so as the latest figures warn that things in Europe may not be going as well as trading in the European stocks suggests, because the German DAX index, for example, is now at pre-war levels and was just around 4% below the pre-pandemic level, pre-pandemic peaks, but the German economy shrank 0.4% in the fourth quarter, which is double the decline of the previous estimate, as lower capital investment in Germany and slower household consumption weighted on the German growth numbers. Now looking at the yields, the German 10-year yield is back to the year-end peak levels. So yes, something must give and this is why uh, we could now start seeing the European stocks, the European indices follow their American peers in a renewed downside correction. And we can say that, well, the earlier rally was anyway too good to be true because none of the major problems that we have were solved to allow such optimism in the markets and now it's perhaps time for a good hangover. So where do we go? Well, you must first let the equities catch their breath for a while, in my opinion. The bond markets look unappetizing until the global rate hike expectations turn into higher recession odds. And well, precious metals are not in good shape either. The rising US yields and the broadly stronger US dollar hint at a further decline in gold prices, for example. Now, gold cleared a key Fibonacci support last week, which is the 38.2 percent Fibonacci retracement on the November to February rally and starts this week in the bearish consolidation zone with the next natural target for the gold bears standing at the $17.75 level, which is the 200-day moving average. Elsewhere in commodities, while crude oil is still struggling, for a reason that was quite mysterious to me, oil bulls never really bought the Chinese reopening story nor the sharp decline in the Russian oil output. But they might well play the rising recession odds that 
obviously come along with the tighter central bank policies around the world. So sellers are certainly waiting to sell US credit into the 50-day moving average, which stands a touch below the $78 per barrel level. Copper futures, on the other hand, sank below their own 50-day moving average level for the very first time since November on COMEX, as the higher interest rate prospects across the board weigh on copper appetite, which is obviously a good gauge of global growth. Plus, we may see tensions, the geopolitical tensions between U.S. and China remain quite high and quite tight this week as the recent reports suggest that COVID certainly found its way out from a Chinese lab and Chinese don't like to hear that. In Europe, well, Britain's Rishi Sunak and European Union's Ursula von der Leyen will meet today to finalize the Northern Ireland drama, which could eventually soften barriers in a country that is willing to remain half-seated in Europe and half-seated in the United Kingdom, while the UK and Europe part ways and well even if there is an agreement or an announcement today well it won't really solve the problem as it is said that the DUP will oppose to the decision anyway so Rishi Sunak was remember expected to, to make an announcement last week he didn't or he couldn't and even if he did I'm not really sure that it would have changed anything regarding the course of sterling the pound is now below the 1.20 level against the US dollar as a result of a broadly stronger greenback and is now about to slip below its 200 day moving average level I expect a further retreat to at least 116.50 117 bands now on the corporate calendar Tesla will hold an investor day on March 1st where uh, the techno king Elon Musk, who could be throwing stuff to his cars to show the world how solid their cars are, hoping that they wouldn't break. Now, historical data on the share price action suggests that the stock price tends to get a boost before the event and give some of the gains after the event. Now, I don't really know if Tesla investors will be in a mood to buy the stock this week given that higher interest rates and higher interest rate prospects are not really appetizing for a growth stock like Tesla, which is ultra, ultra sensitive to the changes in the interest rates. Now, other than that, some big, big names will be releasing their fourth quarter earnings throughout this week. And the names include names like Occidental Petroleum, Target, Lois, Kohl's, Dollar Tree, Costco, and Best Buy, and the Chinese Li Auto, Rivian, Dell, HP, Broadcom, and Salesforce. So we will be watching all that this week. But this is all for today. I'm Ipikos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me this Monday. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.